Well, hello again and welcome in. Wherever you are today and wherever you're listening from, I'm so happy to have you over to feast upon God's Word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, and as we near the end of our three weeks stemming from the donut episode and what happened a few weeks ago, I've uh, I've mentioned in the last two episodes that there's something out there that I think we get a little sideways sometimes, uh, a little skewed, a little out of whack, and that is judging others. And what I'd like to do here, before we even talk more about this and 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 tap into this uh, topic and, and this issue of judging others, um, is I want us to read first. Uh, I want us to read the one spot that most will point to in Scripture when it comes to judging others. And, and then we'll talk. Uh, so here we go. Matthew chapter 7 is the place, and this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this, Matthew 7, beginning in verse 1, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So now that you got that, let me pose this question. Has there ever been a more misused passage in all the Bible? Now, I know that there are a lot of them, but I think this one takes the cake, so to speak. And I would say that that this reading upon initial consideration is one that's primarily used in contentious conversations, uh, perhaps defensive moments. When, when someone's confronted about their behavior, about their lifestyle, that, that they are choosing to live, it is, it is then upon that confrontation that the person in error says things like, don't judge me. Uh, don't judge me or else you will be judged. Or maybe you've heard this, only God can judge me. And honestly, it works, doesn't it? You know, someone whips that out of their back pocket and, and we back off and we back down because, yeah, you're right. Uh, only God can judge us. God is the ultimate judge. I, I get what you're saying, but then again, I really don't. So the question here today is, is, am I able to judge you or am I not able to judge you? Because what makes this such a curious topic to look into is the fact that it is primarily those who know nothing of the Bible or are not Christians that go right here the most and really use it as a weapon. And I think that the reason why is that they seem to think or or probably the better word would be they, they seem to hope that what Jesus is commanding here 
is a universal acceptance by all to any lifestyle and any teaching. But, but I think the way that we've adapted this and the way that we've changed this in recent times is through the way that it has become a shield for sin. It's become this barrier. It's become this passage that we hide behind to justify living out of the boundaries of the way God wants for us to live. And honestly, you could argue it to be a weapon of of not only the person living a lifestyle that it that isn't in line with God's word, but also the weapon of the unbeliever, right? But what if I told you that the intent behind this passage and, and what Jesus says here is not the intent that we've made it. So what is its intent? What was Jesus' intent behind saying this? Was it to flat out say, like, you cannot make judgments about the way people are living? Or was his intent to show us the way to make judgments when we have to make them? Let's look at that. Because remembering what we just read, at this point, Jesus has finished this Sermon on the Mount portion primarily related to all things that are are you and, and me and self, right? You go back a little bit, he's talked about giving, he's talked about fasting and worrying, uh, he's talked about how you should pray, and then there's this transition that occurs as we begin here to, fo- uh, to this focus on, on what comes out of you. And how you treat people from a a relational standpoint. As you read this passage, it's important to understand that Jesus nowhere in there is prohibiting judgment. This is not a flat out, dead set, hard line in the sand, don't do it. You see, the point here is not what we've made it today, as Jesus is not suggesting that we have no right to make these moral judgments about human behavior and about lifestyles that we choose to live. He's also not saying we, we don't have the right to hold others accountable. In fact, I think there's a key word in here that's very telling to the idea of us needing to be the kind of people that do judge to a point. And that word here is friend, or some translations say, say brother, You see, from a relational standpoint, I think Jesus is speaking about the accountability that should exist, not should not, but that should exist between those that are your friend, your brother or sister in Christ, those that that James chapter 5, Galatians chapter 6 speak about when there are these times of of them uh, or of, of someone wandering away from the truth, they're living in sin. They're choosing to live a lifestyle that's contrary to what God outlines. And, and our goal there in that judgment is to, to bring them back, to restore them. And honestly, that, that part, like, you know, if, if we're going to bring them back, if, if we're going to restore them, that requires that I first make a judgment, doesn't it? It requires me making that judgment call. Like, how are you living is it contrary to what God's word says? What what are they engaged in? You, usually what kind of fruit you can also see that's being produced through the way that they're choosing to live? Or what kind of fruit do we assume will be produced by the way that they're living? You see, what Jesus says here in Matthew 7 cannot and should not be what we've created it to be 
and that they're um, and that we should not and cannot judge each other because Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 18 gave us some instructions on how to make this judgment on how someone's living. He also talks about in there in Matthew 18 how to handle it. And most especially when it comes to a friend or a brother or sister in Christ. He says here, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. You see, that requires me to judge by way of comparing the way that person is choosing to live versus the way God says to live. And then he goes on to say, if he listens to you, then you've won your brother. You, you've restored him. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. Verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, while it's very clear that we do have the go-ahead to make some judgment calls. In fact, I would say if you're a part of the body of Christ, it isn't just a go-ahead, but that it's necessary to make some judgments. But I would also add in here, we can get carried away in our judgments of others, right? So what do I mean by that? Well, what kind of judgment is not okay? What kind of judgment is over the top? How is it that we are not to judge? So if it's acceptable to judge and it's necessary to judge, then how should I not go about judging others? And I think that that is exactly what's being addressed as we go back to where we started in Matthew chapter 7. And the key here is in verse 3, where Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of, of, of sawdust in your brother's eye and you pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Actually, a pretty humorous visual Jesus gives there. But he says, how can you say to your brother, let me take this little speck out of your eye when all the time there's this massive plank in your own eye. And then he says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You see, there's this big, major, huge, ginormous difference and being the kind of person that makes a judgment on the way someone's living and handling handling that in such a way that the end goal is to bring them back to the truth. And then being the kind of person that judges in such a way that even though I'm doing the very same things as what I'm judging you on, I will be the judge of you. Jesus calls that person a hypocrite. And Jesus says that kind of judgment is not okay. So therein lies the answer to the way that we should read this passage. Jesus does not forbid judgments or accountability, but what he does forbid is this is the harsh and the hypocritical judgment that's rooted in pride. The kind of judgment I make that condemns without first evaluating my own spiritual condition is the kind of judgment he's talking about. And Jesus says, hey, tread lightly, like... <laughs> If you're going to go out and judge, judge in this way. You know, as I think about all that, that's hard, isn't it? 
I mean, I've told you guys like over many episodes personally, I mean, I've done some bad things that I'm, I'm ashamed of. I've done some stupid things. I've done some sinful things and I'll be the first to throw my hands up in the air and say, yeah, I mean, I, I have no grounds to judge anyone. I've got a plank in my eye, but at the same time, regardless of what I've done in my life, Whatever speck or whatever log is in my own eye, if I come to you with love and I come to you with gentleness and with patience, shouldn't we be the kind of people that want that and desire that? I hope so. Again, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, I need help and I need correction. I mean, you can, you can ask my wife, Megan. Actually, don't ask her, but uh, you see the root of this entire problem that we've got going on with this issue of judgment is pride. Whether you're the one judging or you're the one being judged, pride cannot exist in order to dish it out or to receive it. And should that pride exist on the giving in where I judge you from the standpoint that I'm so full of self and I've got it all figured out and I am perfect, not only will I be judged in that same way, which I'm not going to like, but I'm a hypocrite. And I am that because it's all about me and it's all about I. And if that pride exists on the other side, the side of, of the receiving end, well, Jesus says, Jesus says about this, well, well, don't even, don't even go there. Like, especially if you know that. He says in verse six, don't give what is holy to dogs. Don't, don't throw your pearls before swine. Why? Well, trample them under their feet. They'll turn and they'll tear you to pieces. Sounds an awful lot like what we're used to these days when a judgment call is made. That person on the receiving end, they don't want what you can offer. And even if it's done correctly, even if it's done with love and done with gentleness from a really good place, when you notice that there is a pride that exists in the person or the people on the receiving end, man, you might as well not even go there. They aren't going to listen. So even then, you need to make a judgment call on whether or not to judge and to say something. You know, the, the thought of swine that Jesus uses here, I think, is a really good one because, uh, you know, you, you consider throwing something valuable out like, like pearls to a bunch of pigs or hogs versus what they would normally eat or want to eat. And I mean... Yeah, they're they're not only going to trample over those valuable things like pearls, but they're going to come after you, tear you down, bring you down, shred you to pieces. And in the same way, some men, when you try to bring up the truth, when you try to bring the truth to light in their life, when you try to feed them with that, not only will they despise what you're offering, even if it's the truth, but they will come after you and persecute you or say things even through your trying. And so when you make the judgment call that, yeah, man, this guy, I, I don't even need to go there with him. We just don't. And we shouldn't. And what we see is that Jesus himself 
acted on this very same principle throughout his time on earth, especially with the Pharisees. You can even point to the apostles doing the same and turning to the Gentiles when their Jewish people weren't going to listen in Acts 13. But let me say this as we close. And what has hopefully been a common theme in the last three episodes, that even if we make the judgment call, that someone isn't going to listen, and, and so we don't talk to them, and we decide to fall back on that principle of not saying anything, I think that the example that we have in Scripture is that that doesn't mean that your love, your care, your prayers— those things cease to exist for that person in hopes that they come to a point where you can talk to them, where you can lead them back away from the lifestyle that they've chosen to live. We, we have to be the kind of people that remember Christ died for all and loves all and wants all to be saved. Judgment or not, we should all want the same. Thank you guys so much for for listening in today. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.